everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Steve White, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing well. Um, I know talked uh, mostly fancy football here, but I just uh, got my COVID booster, so hoping that don't get hit with too many symptoms here this, this evening. Um, but so far, so good. Feeling well. Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. I, I never did ask. I assume I know the answer, but did you win your game last night? Um, you had uh, Debo, yeah. Rams D. So I did pull it out with that late touchdown. It was it was close, especially with uh, Higby winning uh, or scoring a touchdown early. Definitely had me on edge every you know touchdown. I lost a couple defensive points, but Debo definitely came out big, especially with Elijah Mitchell uh, getting hurt. You know, in and out of the game there. It looked like I saw today he had a fractured finger and underwent surgery, but they think there's a good chance he could still play this week, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah, I guess uh, we will see um, as the week goes on how that progresses. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting. Um, in our work league, um, things spread out a little bit. Um, I think we talked about it on one of these weeks how bundled up seven of the teams were in our league. Um, there's been a little bit of breathing room with you at the top, uh, me tied with someone else at second, and then uh, the following four teams are now a step below. So a little bit of division. Um, maybe that'll break up a little bit more after this week. But uh, uh, yeah, it's tight. I it mean, is. you got you got seven teams at six and four or better. So it is going to be an interesting stretch run here. Uh, you know, I'm eight and two, but technically with four games left. Still haven't clinched anything. Um, so it'll be, yeah, these next few weeks will be, I think, really what um what it, it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll be uh, fun to watch. Um, our good friend Seamus, he was uh, the one on the outside looking in. He has catapulted from seventh up to fourth. I'm just now realizing There you that. go. Just one win. Jumps right in. Yeah, yeah. He's got the uh, the points tiebreaker there. So good for him. I guess. Nice. Not really, because he's the one that beat yeah. the championship. So I hope he misses yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got some kryptonite tr- creeping up there behind you. Yeah, I don't, I don't need any of that. Uh, but uh, I know we typically here start with our uh, start sits, but I don't know if you noticed a, um, a trade just happened in our other Dynasty League. Uh, the person who has been trying his hardest to trade DeAndre Hopkins to everyone, including us, just traded DeAndre Hopkins and a second-round pick for Michael Pittman and Dawson Knox. I don't like that. Yeah, live reaction is a no for you. Yeah, Hopkins in a second for Pittman and Knox. No, yeah, I can't. I can't get behind that. I mean, like Hopkins is elite. Uh, Pittman has looked good, um, but he's mm-hmm. not as that, of that caliber yet. And not yet. And Knox, I don't know what to feel about Knox. It, it might be because we drafted him and we held on to him for so long. Yeah, and he wasn't doing anything. We, yeah, and now he's breaking out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I just don't trust him that much mm-hmm. yet. I don't know. I'll probably need to see two years of it before I trust Knox. I don't know why, but yeah, it seems like a solid backup tight end for this year, and then we'll see. You know where that goes. What do you think of it? Um, I mean, I kind of, I think it's probably a little too much, like Hopkins for Pittman and Knox. You know, Hopkins for Pittman and a pick. But at a point, you got to think. You know, he's you know, looked as bona fide as a, of, of a you know, legit receiver as we're going to see, you know, out of a second year guy. Um, so I think he is one of those guys that you're, you know, 
a overpaid today looks like an underpaid tomorrow type of thing, right? So you're buying him now and you're getting younger. And if you truly believe in him, you know, you could see within two years he steps up and is, you know, is ahead of Hopkins, right? Obviously, situation matters a lot, but he looks like he, he is, you know, the alpha on that team and, it, you know, is a legitimate wide receiver that we're going to see in fantasy for a long time. I think I'd rather do Hopkins for Pittman in a first. That's how I typically like doing that. Like trade your superstar for a first plus an upcoming guy that's shown something. Yeah. And I think in most leagues you can get that done, but you know, you're likely going, yeah, I mean, it's probably an overpay now, but you're likely, you know, Pittman's price is just flying up because, you know, he's just playing well and he's young and you believe that he can continue to grow. Whereas Hopkins is, you know, at his peak and and, maybe that peak lasts a couple of years here, but we will see. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll get to some uh, more trade uh, questions here later. But uh, for now, are you ready to jump into the start-sit stuff? Yeah, let's get it started. Cool. So quarterback, as always, uh, Jimmy G at Jacksonville or Tua at the Jets. Uh, This one's pretty easy for me. I'm taking um, Jimmy G. I mean, I get, you know, the allure of Tua. Uh, it didn't look great, but it was obviously coming back from that finger injury last week on, on Thursday. Tough matchup. Once again, that we whenever we see that um, the, this Jets defense, I mean, primarily you're seeing them get just destroyed on the ground, and teams don't really have to throw as much against them. So I, I, I think I, you know, we didn't see a ton of passing from Jimmy G last night on Monday Night Football, but I like what I saw. I think Jacksonville, you know, is going to be able to muster something. We'll, you know, we'll see. Their defense looked good a few weeks ago against Buffalo, but I just like the weapons there around Jimmy G and the poise he's showing this year versus Tua coming off of the injury in a game where you know they don't have great running backs, but typically that's how you beat the Jets. I, I'm more confident in getting something out of Jimmy G. I think I'm on the opposite side. And I think I just see more upside in Tua because of the rushing and, you know, the Jets, they give it up a lot on the ground, but they give up a lot of points just in total. I think it's like 30 plus points a game that they tend to give up. So I'll take that. Um, Jimmy G could have a, a great game. He's always capable of it given the offensive around him, but I just don't trust him. Um, could be a rushing game it could just be the 49ers being bad again um they've had some baffling games this year um, yeah so yeah i don't mind jimmy g but i'll stick with two uh personally all right next uh other quarterback here we got Derek carr versus the Bengals and kirk cousins versus the packers yeah this is a interesting one i, I think you know without looking at the scores in front of me it feels like carr is a safer guy um, has the higher floor, decent upside, where I feel like Cousins has had more boom games, but his floor has been lower. Maybe that's just a feeling. Again, I'm not staring at the stats. Um, but that's what I feel when I look at them. You know, Bengals defense, probably middle of the road. Packers defense, I think, has been pretty good. Um, but I think I'll take Cousins against the Packers, hoping for a uh, divisional kind of a shootout situation. Uh, you know, could be the other way and be a divisional low scoring game. I think I'll take the upside of Cousins here. What about you? Yeah, I lean Cousins as well. I think these are both solid options here. I don't think either were on our streaming, maybe Derek Carr, but I think they're probably heavily owned in most leagues. Um, I think 
Yeah, I mean, both defenses are good, not elite, and both offenses uh, that they're going against can score the ball or score points, put the ball in the end zone. So I like both, you know, both quarterbacks to have to pass and throw the ball. I just like the weapons that Cousins has more. I mean, Waller hasn't been what you expect out of him, you know, since earlier in the season. I mean, I think he only had really two double-digit games, I think I saw someone say, in half-point scoring. And, you know, having him in our work league, I've noted, I mean, he's been good, but not great. You lost Henry Ruggs. Deshaun Jackson seemed to have a great catch and then just fumble it away. I don't know if you're watching that uh, Sunday night game. Yeah, I saw it. There's just a lot of weirdness going on there. And and I think Carr's good enough that he has decent weapons around him. But I like the Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen weapons more than Derek Carr. So take Cousins here. Okay, moving on to the running back position here. Our first one, Wells, PPR. We're picking two people. We have J.D. McKissick at Carolina. We have uh, Deonta Foreman versus Texans. Uh, like Revenge game, I guess. Um, yeah. Mike Davis versus the Patriots. Wayne Gallman versus the Patriots. Or Brandon Bolden at Atlanta. Yeah, um, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty with the New England backfield. Do we know anything about... Damian Harris? We do not. Um, I don't think he has practiced yet. Um, they also might not uh, practice today. Uh, true, true. Some teams do give Monday or Monday yeah, off. Yeah, and they got the Thursday we'll game, so I Tuesday. think they would be more liable to do it. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Oh, no, he did. He returned to practice today, and he was limited. But he's still in the protocol. Yeah. So and even even with even if he misses, it seems like Stevenson was the guy and Bolden was the change of pace guy. And Atlanta's not a great, you know, defense. They're, you know, something that you can match up that you can exploit, but I do not want to mess there. And even with Cordell Patterson out, I think Davis and Gallman probably both get the work. Davis has looked just bad whenever he's been in there. Um, I think he probably got the first cracks at it. Coleman, you know, when he's had chances in the past, he has been good. I don't think we've really seen a ton from him at the Patriot or with um, Atlanta. I would probably want to stay away from that this week and see how that shakes out with the two of them. Um, and that, you know, leads back to two guys. I think I don't mind playing. I think are good flex options. Foreman might even be in the RB2 category. You know, there's definitely still the chance that Peterson gets the line share of the work or that, um, the other running back there. Uh, I think Mickey McNichols. Uh, he, you know, he could be worked in as well. I think they, they said he had a high passing volume, <clears throat> high target share when Julio's out. So maybe he gets, you know, more targets, but I like Foreman as kind of the, you know, the, the one that I would place my bet on of the three. Uh, and, and McKissick, I think we talked about it in the waiver show. I like what could happen here in Carolina. He clearly is one of two guys, so he's going to get work as long as they're needing to come back. And I like the Carolina defense to keep their offense in the game. And if you know Cam Newton looks anything like he did in the limited snaps, I think that could be a high-scoring offense. We will we'll see with Cam Newton in his first full game back, but pretty easy here for me to go McKissick, especially in PPR, and then Foreman. Uh, so Will and I, every once in a while, like to remind each other of a old player name um, from, you know, years past. And this one isn't old, but every time I see Wayne Gall- Gallman, I think of Orleans Darqua. 
Orleans yeah. Dark. Well, I he, think we've literally just talked about a bunch of former giants. McNichols, yeah. <laughs> Darkwell, Gallman. Uh, Dark was always like one of those guys that I don't know if he ever went to another team after the Giants. Always felt like he deserved another shot, and that he just disappeared. I don't remember him ever signing anywhere. But whatever. Besides the point. Um, I mm-hmm. I'm with you. Uh, McKissick's an easy one. I trust him the most. A lot of this just comes down to trust. Um, Foreman, I don't fully trust yet, but he's earning it. Um, like you said about Davis, he hasn't looked good. Um, I, I don't know if his usage at the in last week's game was because he wasn't good or because you know it's just a blowout and they just sat him. Um, Gallman looked like you said he looked good, but there's no reason to trust him. You know, it's just one week. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy bounces around rosters for a reason. Um, so he's just hard to trust. Um, Bolden has actually been—I don't want to say good—but um, he's had a bunch of good weeks for fantasy. Um, gets it done in a lot of different ways. So just looking like in our half point scoring here, will uh, 8.5 last week, 9.1 the week prior, 2.6, not great. 16.9.7, mm. 5.1, 8.1. So it kind of bounces all around. Um, so he hasn't been bad at all. He's definitely usable, but you know, you're rolling the dice on that 0.7 week, you know, that 2.6. Um, so he's just, he's a tough one to, to trust really. So based on trust alone, I'm with you. I'll go with McKissick and Foreman. All right. Uh, next up here, another PPR. We're just picking one. AJ Dillon at Minnesota or James Robinson versus the Niners. Yeah, this is a pretty good one. Um, but I think I easily go with AJ Dillon here. Uh, better offense, better matchup. Um, and not a lot behind him. Um, you know, Robinson's been good. The 49ers defense, like you said, looked pretty good. Um, so yeah, I go with Dylan pretty easily. I'm surprised that I, I think it's so easy, you know, given, you know, it's James Robinson, but that's yeah. how I'm feeling. Are you feeling the same way? Uh, I think these are two guys that both want to play. I think they're both RB2s at the worst and could be an RB1, you know, in, in certain scenarios. I mean, Robinson probably more from the volume, uh, but Dylan looked good when he had the opportunity. So I, think both of these guys are RB2 consideration, definitely flux consideration, but I lean Dylan definitely as, as the option here. I know he had a couple big plays that really helped him finish as the RB3 there in PPR scoring, but even so, uh, it, you know, you got to go with him. They clearly are going to use him as the lead back with Aaron Jones down. So yeah, I think it makes sense. Aaron, AJ Dillon's a move there. Our last one here, half point PPR. I think, this one's difficult because they're both reliant on an injury, but Ramonde Stevenson mm-hmm. at Atlanta or Ingram at Philly. Yeah. And this one's tough because Stevenson's playing on Thursday as well. Um, in a vacuum, if I don't know anything, I probably play Stevenson, but yeah, I mean, I think when, you know, if Stevenson's the lead back and we still don't know anything about Kamara or, you know, you're still uncertain about Kamara, I think I have to go Stevenson. If they're all active against Atlanta, it's tough. I mean, I think you get really got to hope that you get some insight on, on Kamara's availability, but they both have good matchups. The Eagles have been run on. Atlanta has been run on as well. So if they're both the lead backs, I would, I'd prefer Ingram over Stevenson. Uh, 
Um, I think New Orleans trusts him. He is a veteran. He's been there forever, left, and now is back. So they really, you know, feel very confident putting a bulk of worker in his hands. Stevenson looked good last week, but he's still a Patriots running back, and he is still a rookie. So he is subject to one bad play, getting him on the bench, because that's how Bill Belichick does it. There's Yeah, there's a lot of if-thens here. Um, but yeah, if, if Damian Harris and Kamara are both out, I would take Ingram. When it gets to Thursday, I think you have to, you know, if Stevenson's the guy, you have to decide, or you, you know, would you rather play Stevenson with Ingram being the guy or sit Stevenson with Kamara playing in Ingram as the second one, right? Like, what is which of the two worst options or would you be less disappointed in? Um, I think, you know, it's tough. Like you said, you're going to need to know how it is. But if both guys are the lead guy, I would go Ingram. Yeah, I I think I end up on the opposite side. You know, if if both Harris and Kamara are healthy, I trust Ingram's role more because we've seen him do it with Kamara in there. Like, we know he's talented. And Stevenson could as well. But, you know, with Harris at back, I don't know if – you know, you just can't trust Belichick and what he's going to do. Um, so that's tough. If they're both out and, you know, Stevenson and Ingram are both the guy, I think I would go with Stevenson as the upside play because I'd imagine New England is just going to demolish Atlanta. And if Harris is out, I don't see a world in which Stevenson doesn't just dominate as well unless, you know, like you said, he, he fumbles. You know, he's one play away. He fumbles and he's shut down. Bolden gets the rest of the work. Um, but other than that, I think he would have a big fantasy game, and I don't think New Orleans is going to steamroll Philly in the same way. So I will go with Stevenson, I think, in all situations. Um, but it is tough, and it is an interesting one for sure, given the situation yeah. involved. All right. Well, we move on to wide receiver. Uh, we've got a PPR. You have to sit one of these four. Mike Williams versus the Steelers. Terry McLaurin versus, or sorry, at Carolina, Hollywood at Chicago, and Cooks at Tennessee. This is a, um, uh, this one I don't, it, it feels bad. It, it feels bad given how he started the season, but I, I think I got to go with Mike Williams. Um, you know, McLaurin's a lock for me. Because he's the best wide receiver of this group. Like, he's just a guy you don't bench. Um, Hollywood's been good all year. You know, he's always got that kind of boom bust potential, but, you know, he's been booming a lot more. And even his, you know, his bust games, quote unquote bust games, aren't bad. They're not like destroying you. Um, Cooks, he is kind of the same way where he's just been boomer bust. He had, you know, that law in the middle of the season His bus games. Haven't been too bad. There's a couple bad ones in there. Um, but Mike Williams, you know, just like Justin Herbert, you know, has been trending down. He is not the, the hot player that he was when he started. And I feel like you look at this, his name value at this point and you, just, you lock him in because of that start. And you got to realize it's just, it's not there anymore. Um, yeah. you know, it's been, you know, four weeks, I think, something to that degree, four or five weeks in a row where he just hasn't been great for fantasy. And against the Steelers, I don't really see a reason for him to uh, 
to change that around. Again, you know, it's Mike Williams. He's good at touchdowns. He can grab two touchdowns for 20 yards and, you know, not do a lot, but have a big fantasy impact. Um, so that's always possible, but I, I don't see any reason for that outcome to, to play out. So I will sit Williams. Yeah, tough Steelers defense. Um, so that's definitely going to play a factor. I think McLaurin and Hollywood, you fire up and you don't even think twice. Um, obviously not the best offense for Washington, but McLaurin gets volume. He's, like you said, the best receiver of the bunch. Hollywood, I think, had a little bit of a down game against Miami for what we'd hope for him. But, I, you know, you, you fire him up based on his season long here, what he's had. And I think, you know, he and Bateman work well together. So it comes down to, for me, what do you need? Um, if you need upside, I would sit Cooks and play Mike Williams. If you are looking for safety and higher floor, I would play Cooks and sit Williams. It just, you know, Mike Williams, you're playing him for those first few games of the year and hoping that you get another one of those. You know, we've got what, you know, eight, nine games left. You probably are going to get three boom games and maybe one or two decent games and a couple of but dud games the way that this is trending. Um, so you, you know, if you want to be in for the boom games, you kind of got to play them every week or you play it by, you know, what your team needs. If you need upside Mike Williams for me, if you need a higher floor, I'll go cooks. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, next one here, half point PPR DJ Moore versus Washington or Rashad Bateman versus the bears. Yeah, this one's tough, man. Who would have thought beginning of the year you'd be making yeah, this real. decision? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a similar argument. I and it's crazy to think, but I think more you probably have higher ceiling, lower floor, especially with the last few weeks we've seen. I mean, DJ Moore comes down with in, in half point scoring here, three straight single digit games. I mean, four for fifty nine, three for thirty two, and and a couple carries, and then four for twenty four. So. Definitely a lower floor. Washington's defense is banged up, though, so you don't have um, uh, Chase Young. He's done for the year with an ACL, and the secondary has not been good. Bears have been thrown on as well, um, and Bateman has really been coming along. So I think if you need just kind of pure upside and you want to shoot for the moon and see if this is you know all in cam, then I you know go ahead and play DJ Moore. In most other scenarios, I probably am playing Bateman and, and waiting a week to see what I have with uh, with what Cam looks like. Yeah, and for me, I think it's it's a pretty similar situation. I would go with DJ Moore if I if I wanted the upside because yeah, I mean maybe it's it's some exciting Cam game, you know who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but his floor could be bad Cam and just be non-existent. So. Um, upside DJ Moore, if you just need someone steady with the potential for, you know, that breakout potential we've talked about with Bateman, um, then I would stick with Bateman and an absolute vacuum. I probably would just play it safe with Bateman. All right. And our last wide receiver matchup, Tony at Tampa, Robbie Anderson versus Washington, Jamal Agnew versus the Niners in a PPR. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'll take Agnew and I think I'll take it pretty easily. Um, shooting your shot yeah i mean they like utilizing him and that's really what it comes down yeah. to they, they want to get him involved um tony is just more boom bust and he's up against a you know a very difficult defense so that's gonna be tough and you know everything we just said about dj Moore, you can copy and paste in robbie anderson you know they, yeah, they look like they had a, lower floor too even for real and they had a rapport he got a touchdown that's all great um but if, if cam's the 
the actual starter, you know, what's what's it going to look like? So I, I really don't know. So I'll stick with Agnew because I think his floor is probably just as good as everyone else, and his upside is probably pretty similar too. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll take Mr. Agnew there. Yeah, I mean, you had the two good and and one or one good and one great game for Tony earlier in the year, but other than that, I mean, you're looking at single digit even in PPR um, scoring. So with a lot of guys, I think expected back, I think there's a good chance Saquon's back this week. Um, we'll see about Galladay, Shepard, you know, even Slayton. There's a lot of opportunity for guys to come back. So I don't know really that I want to take that shot there. Um, at this point, you're really you know, looking for the upside play with all three of these guys. Uh, I think the volume your best volume play is probably Robbie Anderson. Uh, obviously, there's floor that Cam just looks like crap, but as we, even if he's just decent, it clearly they're going to get him the ball a little bit more. The only worry for me is Agnuman. If he doesn't get that one play, his floor is like legit almost zero. He had five targets, no catches. And this is PPR, so you're not getting any bonus there. And then three carries for 79 yards in the touchdown, right? I'm not sure how long the touchdown was, but you take that away, you're probably looking at, you know, less than five points total. You know, he had seven the week before. Um, and then prior to that, three straight double-digit weeks with six, five, and six catch-wise. So I, I like the upside there. I think he's probably the play. Um, but if you want a floor, I think Robbie probably has the highest floor of the bunch just because of that, you know, almost zero floor of Tony and Agno. Yeah, Agnew's got to catch the ball. You know, his five targets are right with Anderson and, and Tony. Um, you know, last week, I'm um, looking, Anderson had six and then three and then one. So, like, he's in the ballpark. He just doesn't do anything with him. Got to catch the ball, man. And I'm not watching the games. I mean, maybe they're just bad throws or, you know, I don't know whose fault it is, but he's, he's got to turn those turn those targets into something. And... uh we got two flex questions here before we move into the trade portion here. PPR, uh, Mr. Tony there again at Tampa, uh, Antonio Gibson at Carolina, or Daryl Williams versus the Cowboys. And as a caveat, I do believe there is a, a good chance that we are going to have Clyde back this week. So that would definitely nerf Daryl Williams' um, volume here. Uh, and do we know what time that game is? It's four o'clock game. It looks like so. I think you know. Should Clyde not go, I'd be okay playing Daryl of the bunch here. Um, but if we are expecting him to play, then I think Antonio Gibson's the guy. I mean, he scores two touchdowns against the Bucks. Not super efficient. Twenty-four carries for sixty-four yards, but he's going to get the volume. Carolina's another good defense, but not as good a rush D as we saw in Tampa. So. I think it's pretty easy Gibson here. I mean, if, if Daryl's the guy, I like the high scoring there. And then he got a ton of volume target wise too. So I wouldn't mind playing Daryl Williams if we know Clyde's out, but Gibson plays at one, Daryl Williams plays at four. You're going to have to make that decision at one o'clock, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, if, if you find out ahead of time that CEH isn't playing, then I'm locking in Daryl. Uh, if you don't, I'm or if we know he's playing, I'm going Gibson. If you don't hear anything, I'm probably playing Gibson as well for the reasons you said about the you know the games and when they're taking place. I won't rehash too much of the conversation there, but I'm with you. All right, and our final flex question here: DJ Moore versus Washington, Chris Carson or 
Alex Collins. Sounds like we got both of them there versus the Cardinals. And Emmanuel Sanders versus the Colts. PPR. Oh, boy. Um, I... Woof. I think this is a... Uh... I think this is a tough one. Um, I don't want to go with Carson or Collins because I don't know, you know, if Carson's back, what's the split like, yada, yada. The Arizona defense has been good. I don't know if I want to play that game. Um, and Emmanuel Sanders has a good matchup. Um, he hasn't done a lot recently, though, and that's kind of worrisome. He blew up for yeah. a while, and then it has trailed off. I think I would go with DJ Moore. Just play with that cam game and see what happens. If you wanted to go with Sanders, I don't mind it, but I, I think I'd rather take my shot on Moore. Yeah, I'm pretty in line with you there. <clears throat> Even if Carson comes back, I kind of want to see how that shakes out, especially the first week, I imagine. It is going to be both Collins, Carson, and probably, you know, even Homer, whoever else is there getting worked in. Um, so we'll see. And, and it also depends on who's playing for the Cardinals. Um, if they get their starters back with Kyler and Hopkins, they could put some more points up, and this could become more of a throwing game for Russ. So, for, you know, second game back, we'll see if we see a little bit more of the normal Russell Wilson this week. Uh, but I'm going to stay away from those two when you have Sanders and more kind of higher target volume guys available. Um, and then comes down to, you know, a volume versus a uh, upside, you know, kind of similar. I think you got probably higher, I would say higher volume than Bateman, but for Sanders, but maybe not because Bateman's getting a ton of, ton of targets. So I like Sanders, especially against the Colts as a, as a high target, high volume guy. And you know, once again, if you wanted to kind of take that shot and, get the guy that has a chance at, you know, getting hundred yards, two touchdowns. You know, if you think cam is cam again, you could go DJ Moore. I probably lean Sanders in a vacuum there. Okay. Fair enough. We're going to move over to the trade portion here. We'll start with some dynasty questions. 10 team PPR. Would you rather have Zeke and a 23 first or Debo and Fournette? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, Debo's probably the centerpiece of all this, the way he's playing. I mean, you have the injury risk there, but I think Zeke clearly is better than Fournette. But with what you're getting, I mean, it's not a huge drop down to go from Zeke to Fournette the rest of this year. Now, Zeke, you probably have another couple years out of. And I mean, Brady looks great you know maybe not last week but brady looks like brady so i imagine we got another year to him as long as this tampa bay team continues as it is then i think you're gonna have Fournette valuable but there's the chance that you know brady retires godwin leaves in free agency a new quarterback comes in and Fournette's not what he has been this year so rest of this season you're getting Fournette, and then you're really getting that upgrade at debo as receiver so contender taken Debo and Fournette, uh, you know, and, and with the knowledge that running back wise, he's could be just a one-year rental for Fournette, but you're getting that young receiver that really looks like he is a superstar in Debo Samuel getting rushing volume too. Um, the other side, I mean, Zeke and the first kind of, is just an odd pairing. You think Zeke is someone you're getting as a, as a contender. Um, and the first is great. I know we hyped up the 23 draft class. So, if you're rebuilding, I guess you could say you take that, and then maybe you try to flip Zeke for more. 
Uh, I like getting that 23 first if you're a rebuild team. But I think in a vacuum, I, I like the Debo Fournette side. Yeah, I don't know what to think, really. I think I'd really need to see the teams because I'm with you. Like, as a contender, I think I'd be on the Debo Fournette side. But then looking at valuation, like, I'm thinking Zeke and Debo are pretty close. Um, I could see, you know, some giving the edge to Zeke because, you know, running back, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I'll take the first over Fournette because I, you know, like you said, the, the longer term future of Fournette, you know, anything after this year is really up in the air. Um, he feels like one of those guys is just going to disappear. Um, so I think from a valuation standpoint, I like the Zeke side, but as a contender, I'd probably take the Debo side. So it's, it's team dependent, but I, I think I'm with you. I think. All right. Next up, Dynasty question PPR A Rob or Terrace Marshall? Yeah, this is a uh this is a, a pretty interesting one. Um This is a, instead of a heat check, it's like a cold check. For real. It is. You know, do you want you know, do you think the the veteran's gonna bounce back? Or you want just the, the potential new hotness kind of a deal? I will take the vet. Um I, I think a Rob, I mean, you know, he might not be a bear next year. He can go somewhere else. Um, I'd have thought today maybe he ends up in New England. They can use an elite wide receiver. There. Yeah, especially um, an up and coming Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that happening. But either way, he could be with another team. If he's with the Bears, you know, he is with, you know, Fields in his second year, and you know they're going to spend the offseason trying to build a rapport. Um, Terrence Marshall, you know, you got DJ Moore in front of you, CMC's there. You know, you don't know what's happening with Robbie. You don't know what's happening with the quarterback position. There's just too many people there and too many question marks for me. So I will take A-Rob. Yeah, I'm going to take A-Rob as well. I think, you know, worst case, he's back in Chicago and you have a second-year quarterback that hopefully is taking some strides forward. But I think in all likelihood, we're going to see him move on in free agency and ideally get to a place where he has a better quarterback and going to get the volume. I like Terrace Marshall. I, you know, I think he has great upside, but we have to, you know, you have to see it. There's a lot of guys that we've loved coming out of the draft that we've not seen it in the NFL. And he's been hurt most of the year. I think he's had a couple good flashes, but they did re-sign uh, Robbie Anderson to, to what, three-year extension. So he's going to be there. Um, and I'm not sure exactly where DJ Moore's contract is, but he's clearly the guy that is the, you know, top dog on that receiving core. So you're looking at a third fiddle. Um, so I think if you can capitalize on, you know, buying low on Robbie, I would trade a, a Terrace Marshall. I'm sorry, on Aaron, <laughs> on um, a- Aaron Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. I, I think Allen Robinson. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would I would trade you know buy low on a Rob there, and, and you know trading a young receiver. That's that's a good savvy move. Maybe it doesn't help you a ton this year, but I think by next year he's going to be in a better situation and. You know, his value will move back to where it was. Okay, moving into the world of redraft here, Will. PPR, um, Terry McLaurin and Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Keenan Allen and Javante Williams. Tough one. Mm. I mean, with Clyde coming back, I think I lean the McLaurin-Clyde side because you know what you got there. Um, it all depends on what you believe they, uh, the... Denver Broncos are going to do going forward because if they continue with this split, he, you know, Devontae is going to be fine, but he's going to be, you know, a flex option. He's not going to get the volume enough probably for RB2 or better. But if you are in the camp that believes that 
they are going to move more and more to him as the year goes on, then, you know, Javante Williams looks like a steal there. Uh, but Clyde comes back. Maybe they give him more passing volume. Uh, McLaurin, Keenan Allen's pretty close. I mean, I guess you'd probably lean Allen for the upside and the better quarterback, but McLaurin's just getting a ton of volume and he's a great receiver. And as we said, you know, Justin Herbert looks to be slightly down this year. Uh, we saw Mike Williams not getting a ton of volume, not getting or not putting up you know, enough points, you know, game to game. Uh, Keenan Allen clearly is getting the volume. So it's tough. I probably lean McLaurin and CEH on this one. I think I'm I'm on the other side. I think pretty firmly because Keenan Allen's just been so consistent and so consistently good for fantasy. Where McLaurin probably has more upside, but he's been more up and down despite the volume from a fantasy perspective. Um, so I lean Keenan there. It's the Ceh and Javante part that gets tough for for most of everything that you outline. You know, Ceh and the potential explosive offense. You can't really say explosive anymore if they're not doing it um and then javante you know what is his situation going to be with melvin i think i would go with javante maybe i mean ceh you know daryl williams has played good if they split that backfield the rest of the year wouldn't surprise me i don't think they're going to i think they'd probably go back to ceh but it wouldn't surprise me um and Javante's been solid. So, yeah, I think I'll take the keenan javante side but it's pretty even it's an interesting trade i don't know you know, if I'm in a redraft league, I'm not sure if I pull the trigger on this trade and I'm actually any better, no matter what side I get. Yeah, um, you know, pretty even. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't change a lot for me, but I'll take the Keenan side. All right. And our next, we have redraft half point PPR, DeAndre Swift and DJ Moore or AJ Brown and Cream Hunt half PPR. This one's tough because of the injury to Hunt. Um, you know, having a an injured running back is never fun so you know provided you have the depth to deal with that um i'll take the aj brown side because he's got a really good playoff schedule um i trust his situation a lot more than the cam newton experiment with dj moore um and i'd be willing to have the the downgrade from swift to hunt to to get that um if i'm somebody that is not looking too good from a you know running back position. You know, I got Hunt and I got somebody else that's hurt or something like that. Then I don't, I wouldn't want to be adding or you know I have one person that's hurt um, and maybe just one other depth play. I don't think I want to be adding Hunt and removing Swift because I don't, I don't want to deal with that injury anymore. So I will <clears> take <throat> the AJ Brown situation, or I'll take the AJ Brown side in most situations, provided I have their running back depth. All right, uh, yeah, I, I think. I think I lean AJ Brown as well. I mean, we don't know firmly when Hunt's coming back, but I think this week is probably the first realistic opportunity. Um, and I mean, Swift clearly has the volume, but they've worked a couple of younger guys in as well. To, it seems like they definitely don't want to give him, you know, the kind of lion share. So I, I think it's not that far of a drop off where, you know, you have a ton of upside with DJ Moore, as we talked about throughout the show here with Cam Newton coming back, but AJ Brown is just a bona fide stud. Uh, we'll talk about him in the next question that I, I took a peek at there, but I think you know what you're getting with him without Derrick Henry. That team has to throw the ball. They're going to try to run the ball more, but it's just not as consistent. Um, and then, you know, Julio, who knows how long he's going to be out. 
it's going to be the AJ Brown show. So I I will take AJ Brown and Hunt here. I love Swift. Tough to lose him, but you are you know he he isn't running the ball a ton. He's getting most of his work through the passing game. So I, I think you have a little bit. You know, uh, you get the volume there, but half PPR, maybe it's not as valuable. So, uh, yeah, so I'll take AJ Brown and Hunt. Yeah, well, so let's talk about this next trade. Um, Half point PPR. Jalen Hurts, Mike Evans, uh, Patterson, Hawkinson, and Nick Chubb. Or Kyler, AJ Brown, uh, Monty, Fant. And I did forget to add, uh, Clear Herbert is in here, if you'd like the, the handcuff for Monty. So Hertz, Evans, Patterson, Hawk, Chubb, Kyler, AJ Brown, Montgomery, Fant, and Khalil Herbert. Just like a really big trade. I wonder if this was like multiple trades or just just one trade. It, it might be for... two trades that got combined <laughs> into one. It looks kind of familiar as well. Uh, we'll reveal here that uh, this is actually a, a trade that Steve recently made in our redraft work league. Uh, look into. Um, get a, a little bit more consistent in a few positions. So, I mean, you think you kind of break it down. Hurts, you know, I think you get an upgrade to Kyler as long as he's healthy. So, you know, you're banking on that. But if he comes back healthy, which is why you make the trade, you have more consistency and definitely more upside as he's a much better passer. Um, maybe not getting as much rushing volume, but a lot of that becomes because he can throw the ball so much better and has the weapons to be able to get it out of his hands. So. You're then, you know, if we look at kind of the tight end, I probably lean Hawkinson, but not that much more of a fan, especially with that team just being pretty rough. And I believe you had another tight end there that you're not going to be reliant on fan the whole year. So it comes down to then kind of your running backs and receivers, you know, Evans, Chubb, Patterson, or Brown, Monty, and Herbert. Uh, I think, you know, in total, you're probably going to take Evans, Chubb, and Patterson, but you have the Patterson injury. We'll see how long he's out. I think A.J. Brown is an upgrade to Evans. Monty is, or Chubb is an upgrade to Monty. So I think overall it's pretty fair. Uh, you know, Patterson's kind of that extra on, on the side there for the hurt side, so you could kind of lean that way. Um, but, you know, knowing that you have a lot more to this team than just these five players that you acquired, I think you know, it, it the context that I know the Kyler side definitely has a, a better overall team around it now that you've solidified the quarterback position and upgraded receiver too. Yeah, so I think uh, overall it probably looks even. Um, like you said, you want Kyler over Hurts, provided Kyler's on out the rest of the year or something. You know, um, that'd be worrisome. You want AJ Brown over Evans. Um, Chubb and Montgomery were probably pretty even prior to the injury, so it'd be interesting to see. You know. Montgomery, and then you know when Hunt gets back, what Chubb look like? Yada yada. The Baker injury, um, but you probably, like you said, give a bump to Chubb, uh, Fant, and Hawkinson. You probably give it to Hawkinson, and then you know Patterson is probably the guy that evens it out or pushes it a little bit more on the Hurts Evans side. Um, from my perspective, as to why I pulled the trigger, so I got the Kyler side, um, and I did it for playoff matchups. Um, Evans, Hawkinson, Patterson all have terrible playoff matchups um, this year. On the flip side, AJ Brown, Montgomery, and Fant all have terrific playoff matchups. Um, you know, Hertz has a great. I, I hated to get rid of Hertz because he's got Washington twice. Uh, you know that really hurt. Um, but Kyler's got some good matchups, and Kyler's just 
a better fantasy quarterback than, than Hurts and a real life quarterback than Hurts. Um, so, you know, I, I won't get too cute with the, the quarterbacks there, but that's kind of the logic behind it all is just dumping the, the bad playoff matchups for the good playoff matchups. Uh, from a calc standpoint, you know, I think I gave up more, which is partially probably why the deal got done. Um, but like you said, from a, a team standpoint, I got Zach Ertz is the other the tight end that you're thinking of. So I'll have to rely on Fant. Um, from a team standpoint, a, a playoff standpoint, as a contending team, I think it makes a lot of sense. Might be streaming yeah, quarterback no. this week, though. So yeah. we'll see. But, you know, Tua's out there. Cam's out there. Mac Jones is out there. I got plenty of options. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Well, well, that is going to wrap up this week's start sit episode and put week 11 in the books from a fantasy perspective <laughs> as crazy as that is we'll be talking about week 12 next week um but yeah tune in next week for another waiver and start sit episode until then good luck and trust your board